listening to the Wildlifers Podcast. Brought to you by Bill Fick Ford. That's no bull. Mellon Creek Outfitters. Raising standards, not fences. Huntonly.com, your source for hunting information. And by Falling Feathers Game Calls, the best calls for the serious sportsman. Welcome to Living the Wildlife Podcast, brought to you by the Wildlifers. We are here today to talk about um, Miokin Outfitters and All or Nothing Adventures. It's uh, some hunting businesses that we have going on in Kansas and Missouri right now. Um, we've got Hagen Watkins, Dustin Mueller, Corey Cribb, and myself, Dan Brayman, here talking about this today. Um, putting together a pretty exciting thing in Kansas and Missouri where deer and turkey are concerned. Putting together a bunch of really good land and um, trying to get all of that hashed out. As far as the waterfowl business is concerned, that's already in motion and been going on for a good while now with Corey Cribb, uh, the sole owner of All or Nothing Adventures, uh, which you, I think you primarily hunt Kansas and Missouri, right? Yes, sir, that's correct. We do a little bit in Oklahoma, but mainly Kansas and Missouri. Yeah, he also is the owner and founder of Falling Feathers Game Calls, of which I use those exclusively for all the turkey hunts. Um, Miokin is... Um, something that I for one am exciting about excited about I know a little bit more about the deer and turkey hunts than I do the waterfowl hunts and um, we're already fully operational in uh, Missouri and I think they're Hagen and and Corey correct me if I'm wrong but we're just going to run exclusively archery hunts there that's, yes, correct. that's correct and that that is a easy hunt there's no draw process tags are over the counter um we feel like we've got some great land already, and we're going to be getting more very soon. That's Corey's department. <coughs> so that's kind of up for grabs right now. But <laughs> Yeah, we are we are excited coming into next year. Um, we've had the, the lease now for two years. We didn't hunt it last year at all. We strictly scouted it and, and tried to get an idea of what we were working with before we sold anything so we could make sure and, and be offering what we wanted to be offering and, and be the outfit that we intend to be in the long run, and that's to – be a relatively small operation but but also a very good one um our hunts to us it's more important for you guys to come out and have a quality hunt rather than just come out and hunt we want to make sure that you guys are seeing deer and having a good time and it's all about the experience hunting is is all about interacting with other people and the people you meet in the industry and i feel like it's a very a personable operation so with that being said we we did scout and we're looking really forward to next year um, got some great game camera pictures. Got a lot of stands hung that we hung last year to, to kind of get an idea of where deer movement, deer movement was, and things like that. But uh, feel like we're we're really going to hit the ground with our wheels rolling coming into next year, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I am too. And I think by next season, if not maybe this season, we're going to be fully operational in Kansas as well. Now we do, we've got a lot of tweaking to do to get to where we want to be, but I think that's you know goes with any operation that's starting from the ground up but as far as the hunting goes you know we feel like we're going to be ready to roll here very 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 soon in kansas as well and it's important to us 
that we don't try and go for the big numbers or any of the proverbial home runs because, you know, Mellon Creek has already established our, our stuff out in Colorado and New Mexico is already established, and our names and our faces are identifiable through Mellon Creek and, and through the other entities, and, you know, we're not going to go for the home run just for the sake of doing it anywhere else because that would be detrimental to what we've already established and have working and working very well. Um, we don't know exactly how much country we have in uh, Kansas just yet, but we suspect it's going to be 5,000 acres or more. Um, we've got, how much do we have in Missouri right now? Right at about 2,600 acres. Yeah, is that all one piece? Yes, sir. Yeah. In two yeah. Years. Well, that's good. With three more properties there that are under contract right now. That are pending. Right yes, sir. Now, right, That's correct. Right. Yes. And in your waterfowl industry, um, I, I don't think even God knows how much land you have. We have a lot, a lot, a lot. We're up to <coughs> Kansas, you know, over 40,000. We're going to be over, we're going to try to shoot for 65,000 by, you know, this coming fall on our, on our waterfowl, which is new private managed, you know, stuff. And we have that so big and, you know, in such a big area, We'll never run out of the birds, no matter what the weather is, no matter what the conditions are. We'll always have them. And, uh, you know, on the deer side of things, it's pretty cool getting into the deer thing because I'm more of a duck man than a deer man. And, you know, getting to see you guys come in and, and help out with, you know, showing where the, you know, the pinch points are going to be for the deer and, and stuff. You know, on the, on the Missouri properties is what we've been really focusing on, you know, this past year with the trail cams and stuff. And I've never been one uh, – go out there and you know check all the pictures and you know do all that all the managing side of the deer thing and it's really fun i'm really enjoying it and uh we've got some great deer in both states so i think it's going to be fantastic. yeah hagan got some really good pictures of bucks on the place in missouri last year um i think dustin even saw some of those pictures and dustin is pretty much exclusively well, he is exclusively the manager and the head dude in control at melon creek but you know, his knowledge of whitetail is, you know, very much worth getting his opinion on, and I think he liked what he saw in Missouri. You know, what? what's really cool about what y'all are doing in Missouri and Kansas by not just selling a large number of hunts. <coughs> you know, we hunt all over the country. You know, me and Dan have, have been to Illinois a handful of times. We've been to Canada. We've been to all these places, and – you know, you start talking to the outfitter, and you hear the numbers of hunts that they sell that run through there, and it is a ridiculous number of hunts for their success rate. It's you know, discouraging. It's very discouraging when you go somewhere. Uh, from a client standpoint, it's from discouraging. From a client standpoint, Absolutely. you know, we go somewhere, and, you know, they tell us, oh, yeah, you know, we sell some hunts, and then you get to talking to the guy, and all of a sudden you find out they sell 300 hunts, and they kill 10 deer. And you're like, wow, that's that's not good odds. You know, that's not a good chance that we're going to get a deer. Right. And then we go sit in the stand for five di five days and, you know, freeze to death and never see a deer we would shoot, you know. And and it just it just goes to show that a lot of outfitters are out there. They're over hunting stuff, and it's all about luck. And if you if you manage a place correctly and you sell them that the right – amount of hunts not everybody's going to get a deer and, and i know that I've, I've hunted whitetail my whole life i understand that that five day window that you're hunting you may not see the one you're looking for right um you know you it's need just to at least have a decent chance you but know when you start talking to all these outfitters that sell so many hunts and y'all aren't going to do that up there you know you're going to 
keep the numbers low. You get your overhead down. You don't have as much money in lease costs and all of that. And that allows you to run the amount of hunters that needs to be there. That's what you take the right and right number of deer off of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that kind of goes for your your waterfowl hunting too, Corey. And that you know you don't over hunt anything, and then you always leave these areas that you refer to as refuges, right? Where you never hunt them. You know, to to kind of you can't say guarantee because there is no guarantee, but to up your odds of the birds staying in areas. And uh, not moving out of there. And I think that's something that a lot of waterfowl outfitters do that's detrimental to their business is, you know, they go for the, the big bang and, and it works really well. But come towards the, the first split. Oh, it's, yeah, you're, kind, it's you're done pretty for. much done. Right. And um, you've got you've to plan everything. In the hunting business, it's always been my idea. And, you know, I think Dustin and Hagen agree um, that you've always got to book this year with next year at the forefront of your mind or you're going to end up where the deer are concerned what you're going to do you're going to end up taking next year and the year after and the year afters bucks right you know and that's why we are so adamant about placing fines on on um, people that shoot the wrong bucks or where mellow creek is concerned where we actually have a guide sitting you know right beside you every step of the way to make the final decision because uh Ultimately, there is a finite number of animals um, that you can take. And, you know, that may be hard to believe in Texas, but it's the truth. And it doesn't take very long of shooting the wrong animals. And you're done. You're and out. And you're done. You know, right. you, you all of a sudden, the, the, the prices that you charge for that hunt become absurd. Because basically, the only thing people are buying then is a comfortable bed and a good steak for dinner so to speak well they could get that at a restaurant right well and that's our job (coughs) as as outfitters as you know the conservation side of it is trying to manage numbers trying to you know better the habitat better the deer herd that's what we're here to do you know we are hunters and we do you know we we harvest animals we're managers more than we're hunters but we want to harvest the right animals and we want to you know, make it better for the next guy or the next generation. We want to create new hunters, you know, and it's all about making that experience the best that it possibly can. And that's why we have a fine on shooting a young deer. Because, man, if you shoot a, you know, a great young deer, you want him to grow up and be his full potential and, and pass his genetics that's on. That's the most important thing is you want him to pass that gene on to as many does as as he possibly can and I think that mindset is something that gets overlooked so much by the anti-hunters around the world but most especially in this country is that if it wasn't for the hunter if it wasn't for us and people like us hunting would have ceased to exist a long 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 time ago Um, you know the antis will counter that with a bunch of uneducated rhetoric and that's all it is is uneducated rhetoric because it's us that maintain the balance you know as as the human race populates and grows on a daily basis at an astronomical rate the habitat for these animals is getting smaller as ours is getting larger (coughs) so those numbers have to be kept in check and if they go unchecked like the antis would have us do disease will get them uh inbreeding will turn them into something less than what they should be their food and sources absolutely less. everything that can go wrong will go wrong i mean that's the epitome of murphy's law but it is us the hunters that truly do it with conservation in mind 
that not only make for a healthier population of all species, but also solidify the fact that the generations that comes after us, not just my son or yours, but their children and their children's children, will have the ability to see and enjoy what we see and enjoy. And that goes for every species. That's not just the big game or the turkeys or Cory's ducks and geese. It's it's everything across the board. Yeah, and, and, and the anti-hunter doesn't realize how much money goes into this you know with with licenses and tags and stuff all that money goes right back into the conservation park yeah so it doesn't just stop there it's the co-ops you know where where you know it's legal to use corn to deer hunt you know you've got these little mom and pop co-ops in in tiny town midwest usa that you know you get a group of hunters that come in and they start buying corn, and I mean the whole the restaurants benefit from it, the hotels benefit from it, the gas stations benefit from it. There isn't a place that doesn't benefit from hunting a- across the board in every genre. And I think that's something that really needs to people need to educate themselves on, perhaps before they they bash somebody for putting a picture on Facebook or Instagram of you know uh, an animal that they got. That person's proud of that animal that they got, but. It wasn't just the end of an animal's life. It was it was a, a memory that's burned into somebody's mind for however long they're going to live. And the proceeds and benefits that the community, near and fairly far, that benefited from that are absolutely endless. And um, I think we kind of got off topic here, but it's one that I'm pretty passionate about in that um, something needs to be said about that. But, you know, the reality is, is that all of the outfitting businesses that we four are associated with keep that in mind and um we're not going to overhunt neoka and we're not going to overhunt melon creek we're not going to overhunt all or nothing we're going to keep we're going to book every hunt with next year in mind we're going to book every hunt with tomorrow in mind it blows people's mind <coughs> when we, we you know we were able to acquire some fantastic ground in missouri for uh, for Miokin this year and we 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 got that ground with plenty of time to sell some hunts on it, but we didn't. We ended up not selling any hunts on it just because we we wanted to just sit there and put out cams, put out our feed, and really go through and find out what we are working with, what we have this year, and didn't run a single hunt on it just to uh, you know just to see what we got and start our management plan and do it right for well, this coming up here. That way, in the future, we'll be able to ensure what we're selling to our clients. Like like Dan had said, we're we're selling what. What we are selling is what we believe is there. We're not we're not here to sell 300 hunts to somebody in hopes that out of those 300 hunts, 10 of them will kill deer. We want everybody to have an equal opportunity and to have a good experience. And it's all about it's all about making a relationship and hunting business. That I mean, there's there's so few hunting businesses out there, hunting operations rather, that you can go and have such an incredible time and. And the Midwest is, in general, a hard place to hunt. So with that being said, we're trying to do everything we can to to improve the opportunity of harvesting a Midwest whitetail through Meokin Outfitters. I think we will. And I think that the duck and goose hunting is going to be, you know, absolutely fantastic, too. Uh, um, you know, they put a lot of time into what they do. Uh, Corey's got great guys working under him. Um and he puts a lot of miles in as well. Um, all of these things are going to grow and be good. Um, it may take a little bit of time to, a <laughs> little bit of time to, uh, 
you know, get it established and get it going. But I think through Mellon Creek and Tri-State and everywhere else that we're involved, we can get the word out perhaps a little quicker than others. Um, I, I look forward to it. You know, it's, it's, it's not just what I do, it's who I am. And any time that I get a chance to be involved in any of it on the right scale, I'm going to jump at it. And, and um, I think we need to, you know, book every hunt as if it were the last one we're going to book and take care of our clients as if they were the last one we were going to take care of. And uh, it'll take care of itself from there. Um, you know, with Big Time being on board with us now and Kansas being legal to use corn, uh, or bait of any kind, you know, that is going to give us a huge advantage. Those guys have been phenomenal to us. Uh, in fact, I would venture to say that they've been so phenomenal to us that I couldn't have fathomed a month ago that something like that could ever happen. Um, they put a lot of trust and um, a lot of confidence in us, and I certainly hope that we can deliver for them because for them to come at us and say, hey, you guys got 110,000 acres in Texas and we're going to supply you with feed for it. Um, that That's insane. Nobody has ever done that. And I'd be perfectly honest with you, if I owned a feed company, I wouldn't do it. Because 110,000 acres is a lot of room and it requires a lot of feed if you're going to do it right. And, you know, like everything else, we're not going to do it unless we're going to do it right. Well, that 110,000 just got bigger with uh, Kansas involved. And we really appreciate what they've done for us. Um, Grizzly Coolers is another one that, you know, we I don't know if you can't say enough about it. There's all kinds of coolers out there, but how many of them can handle the, for instance, the turkey season or the summer hog hunts when, you know, it's not going to get below 85 degrees even at night. And, you know, you get a couple, three days out of your ice or the way that we, at least me, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not the world's best on taking care of my coolers in the back of my truck. And, you know, I've been known to sling them out of the back of the truck a time or two and then find them a week later and not even know that it fell out and that kind of thing. And if the latches and the hinges can withstand Dan's truck, then I'd say they're built pretty dang tough. And, you know, what can you say about Vilfic Ford? They give us a truck to drive around all over the United States in. So that's a, a great plus and then I even bought my personal truck from Bill Fick Ford and I gave the least amount of money for that truck that I've ever given for a truck in my entire life so that's awesome and you two guys will be pleased to know that you're getting two brand new Bill Fick Ford trucks here in the next couple of weeks for your personal trucks uh, Mellon Creek bought those yesterday um, I can't help that Dustin's is yellow and Hagen's is pink <laughs> but um, you know Y'all will look good anyway. You did not get one, Corey. I know. I'm kind of <laughs> sour about it, too. Yeah, you've but been lobbying to get one of my trucks for a while. And yes, I have. <laughs> well, you know. Well, those guys, those all those sponsors, you know, they, they definitely help us keep, keep the businesses going. I mean, without them, you know, we use their products every day. You know, and it's just truly appreciated. And I, I don't think that absolutely, you know, just by a simple hashtag on social media, I don't think that conveys the appreciation that we as a company have for the people that do things like that for us, because what they've done, each of them is it's just unfathomable to me. And um, I, for one, truly, truly, really appreciate it. And I hope that I can or that we can deliver 
in their favor as much as they've delivered in ours. But anyway, we're awfully excited about what we have to offer in Kansas and Missouri that's growing and getting bigger and better as we speak. Um, the waterfowl hunting is absolutely second to none with Corey and All or Nothing Adventures. Uh, both places have Facebook pages, Instagram pages, websites. It's easy to find everybody. And we hope that you will at least give us a look over and give us a chance to uh, earn your make business. Yeah, make everything happen the way that we think it should happen and hopefully the way you do too. And as always, we very much appreciate your time in tuning in and listening to Living the Wildlife podcast. And we will be back with more stories and more excitement in the very near future. Thank you all. You are listening to the Wildlifers Podcast. Go to www.wildlifers.tv to check out more about the Wildlifers and to listen to other podcasts.